0: Hi, I'm
1: Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the V8
2: Insiders.
3: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
4: The calendar is delayed. Spider-Man heads to the Gold Coast. And Jason Bright says, "Skate shouldn't be allowed to have a free pass to Sydney." You know,
0: not, not because I don't want to see Skate be out there. You know, I, I, I still firmly believe that he retired too early. But um, you know, I, I think if they're, if they're using it for that reason, and, and, and as a you with know, a driver that has been out there before, uh, I don't really think that's the point of one of the last cars
4: for That's all coming up as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Jason Bright has told the V8 Insiders that he doesn't agree with the recent board decision to allow wildcard entry into marquee V8 supercar events. When the V8 Insiders put to him that the championship leading teams may decide to enter an additional car on the grid to try and increase their chances of taking points away from their competitors, Bright gave us this response.
0: Uh, I think if the, if the rule's there, you'll see people trying to do it, um, and it'll be to see how it pans out.
4: You can hear a lot more from Jason Bright in this week's extended White Flag Lap. Elio Castro Neves is confirmed to be joining the field in the Gold Coast 600. He'll be teaming up with young Tim Slade in the Wilson Security Ford Falcon. The Spider-Man has picked up the ride following the withdrawal of the GP winner Heinz-Harold Frenslin, who, it appears, has quit motor racing altogether. Castro Neves is the sixth IndyCar driver in the Gold Coast field. Cedars Racing has handed back his endurance wildcard entry as the team has been able to get everything lined up to do the events properly. The calendar will be delayed until Bathurst, that was the announcement from V8 Supercars this week, as they are working towards adding new events and restructuring the existing calendar. It's interesting to see how it will all play out with plenty of rumours that Singapore will be on the calendar as another non-championship event. We cover a lot more about the calendar in this week's White Flag Lab. The Forex Gold V8 Supercar survey has hit the halfway point, with Jim Beam Racing currently the most popular team from the fans. Garth Tander is the most popular driver. If you're not a Garth Tander fan, you need to get out there and start voting at the Forex Gold V8 Supercar website or go through the links at v8x.com.au because, at the moment, he is tearing away from the field. Courtney and Lowndes are certainly in the mix, but nowhere near. The man in red and black. It still seems Holden is the most popular brand. They're up there in front of Ford. An interesting stat in this year's survey is that people who don't support a brand is now 15%. It's almost like the undecided in what we're doing on this Saturday. The 4X Gold Vert Supercar Survey doesn't close until the end of September. So fans of teams other than Jim Beam Racing need to start getting out there and voting now. Formula 3 Championship leader Ben Barker is joining the list of one-off drivers in the Bathurst Fujitsu Series Support Race. Chaz Mercer, the Australian Formula Ford Championship leader, is already committed to the meeting. And V8 Supercar Events has continued to build up the festival around the Phillip Island 500 with the Saturday night barbecue featuring all the V8 drivers in the race. They'll be mingling with the fans and Taxi Rides frontman Jason Singh will be playing a concert at the track. Finally, Marcus Ambrose's return to Australia looks less likely than ever with the announcement that he'll be driving for Richard Petty Motorsport from 2011. The move for Ambrose to the iconic team will see him return to the Ford brand after a number of seasons in a Toyota. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Luke West and Gordon Lomas will be along. Then later, Jason Bright talks about V8 Supercar's biggest roar. Where
0: there's there's a bigger loophole in the rules at the moment is Driver evaluation days.
3: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
5: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine. Dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars.
3: Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
1: Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
4: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week is the voice of the Fujitsu series in Luke West. Good evening, Luke.
1: G'day, Craig.
4: And from V8X Magazine and a whole host of other publications, uh, it is our very good friend in Gordon Lomas. Gordon, great to have you back on the show.
2: Hi Craig, how are you going?
4: I'm very well. I could do with a shorter break though, Luke. This uh, long break does mean that, uh, well, we just have almost ended the season at uh, Townsville and starting a new season up when we get to Phillip Island. That's the, that's the length of this break, really.
1: It's a long break. I don't actually mind the long break. I'm looking forward to next year, presuming they're going to keep a mid-year break of about nine weeks or thereabouts, but without that extra break that we had this year where we had Barbagello cancelled, I think that's that's the real problem this year is that the cancellation of that WA round has uh, really added to the feeling that uh, there's not much happening in the middle of the year. So hopefully that will go away. You've got to remember, though, of course, that uh, it's the teams and the crews that need a break this time of year, and particularly in the middle of winter. No one, fan-wise, too, wants to go uh, to events in the southern states. So yeah, I don't mind actually the mid-year break.
4: Gordo, what's your, been your thoughts on it?
1: Um, yeah,
2: mixed mixed reviews actually. Uh, personally, um, you know, from a especially from a freelance point of view, and being you know purely. Uh, purely selfish here um it's you know it's probably not good um you'd rather be at race meetings where you're earning more money but uh but look you know uh, I, I read somewhere the other day that um uh you know everyone they spoke to um you know drivers team team owners uh no one had a good word to say about the about the eight nine week break but i i beg to differ i spoke to a driver last week in fact um, who, with his wife, was uh, about to board a plane and go overseas for a ten-day holiday, and and hey, they love it, and and a cha- you know a chance to recharge the batteries and come back fresh in September. So, but w- w- where I do think um, there is a problem, it's it's you know with team members and team owners, and and indeed drivers with with families and kids, um, you know the, the break comes just after the school holidays finish. So, you know what good is it?
4: Mm. I think the more we look at a winter break, the more we need to talk about a summer series, and and uh, it's interesting, uh, we're, we're speaking to Jason Bright in the White Flag Lap, and, and uh, you'll be interested to hear his thoughts in it too, and of course he's a former board member, so he knows how the uh, politics along with the sponsorship and the business side of things have to meld together with the racing. And uh, it's an interesting interview. It uh, is part one of two parts that we're going to have on the show. And, and guys, it is interesting because there is definitely a, a, a dichotomy of opinions on it. And uh, I guess the easiest way to fix it, though, is cars on a racetrack because that's what motor racing is all about.
1: Yeah, but you've got to also remember that we're benefiting from having being able to watch races in february and now also watch races through to early december so uh it's a little bit of pain at the moment for gain at the beginning and the end of the season Mm.
4: but gordo the more we go down this path uh, the summer series what's your thoughts
1: oh
2: look you know i've got clear thoughts on this Uh, um in fact uh, i remember it was probably a year or so ago uh, I, i brought up this very point of uh you know, the possibility of a summer series uh, in a press conference, I think it was at Phillip Island, maybe even last year, um, and Tony, Tony Cochrane shot me down in flames and said, you know, look what happened to the last series that tried this, you know, you know where they are now, and of course he was referring to Super Touring, you know, but uh, but look, I, I honestly think that a summer series has got so many benefits, um, you know, you could, for example, you, you could start the, you know, it, probably not everyone's cup of tea, but you could start the the championship with uh, with Bathurst in October, for example. I mean, let's face it, NASCAR, you know, used the Daytona 500 as their opening round to their championship, so why not have our iconic race opening a championship in October and, and going right through till, you know, April, May, say, the next year?
4: Luke, how would you structure your season if you, uh, if you were given carte blanche?
1: Uh, well, I would... The main thing I think would be to have races two weeks apart. The summer season doesn't really do it for me. I've got to admit, uh, I, I'm just not quite sure that it would work for the reasons Tony Cochran suggested. It gets confusing, and it just you know, there's no real strong summer sport. I don't think it works for the A League particularly. They tried to get out from under the, uh, you know, get out of the shadow of. NRL and AFL, but I'm not sure that's really worked for them. They're now in the shadow of cricket. That's that's pretty much it was going to work. I would structure the calendar pretty much how it is now. Uh, maybe just start it a little bit later uh, in the year, so they get a bigger break over Christmas and then two weeks, ba- every two weeks, bang, bang, bang. And of course they're kind of working towards that with having the car of the future, the cheaper car that you can have a spare in the workshop less labor intensive all that sort of caper so uh that's what i would do so in other words not a summer series similar to what we do now yeah look
2: I, I if i can butt in there craig i, I just I, I, I kind of agree with what luke's saying um but you know starting in early february I, you've got to get away from that it's got to be a little bit later and then stretch it out but the, the problem we've got now is that uh, as luke pointed out it, it it's just not consistent enough you know you've got two weeks in between rounds then all of a sudden you've got a month between rounds then three weeks and then two weeks and you, you don't know whether you're coming or going and you know that's from a fan point of view um, but uh, you know the the other the upside of the summer series is uh, you know not so much whether a leagues working or whether it's not and you know, whether one day cricket's working or whether it's not. It's it's from a television point of view. I think there's massive gains to be made in television if you have a summer series.
4: Mm. And that's uh, an interesting point too because uh, I think with the, the summer, you've got more opportunity for people to go and go to the races and have a summer holiday. And all right, they might not be having their summer holiday in Winton or Simmons Plains, but you've got a better chance of getting people maybe to go to Perth, go for a drive across the country, tie in the Perth race. And this is something that I've been interested in watching NASCAR. NASCAR's about to completely ram- revamp their calendar. They're going to keep Daytona at the start, but they're going to try and get races like Phoenix and California are going to be a week apart. And they're going to say to people, hey, go down to Phoenix, have a bit of time in Phoenix, go across to California, and there's a holiday a few races in and around areas might be a way that we can really see some gains. And if you're doing it in summer, you've got people tacking their summer holidays on. Obviously, you'd have a Christmas break, which might be a, a three-week or a four-week break at Christmas, but it's certainly not like a nine-year break. And Gordo, whilst I've finished my rant here, it is interesting because uh, I remember Tony said a few never-evers, like, we'll never, never, ever have another long break in the middle of the championship. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think his rants uh, always are uh, eyed at the ball. Sometimes they just want to have a go at the man.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I think you, you might be right there, and and certainly, you know, while we're on on the the eight nine week break, what we've got now, um, I, I think, uh, as I understand it, talking to a few people over the last week or so, uh, that may be under review um, with the calendar uh, supposed to be coming out for next year in. Uh, in October this year, which is a lot later than, than it normally is in September. So, uh, but I, I, I do think that uh, the, this big, big, long break we've got at the moment, uh, certainly people are, are looking at it long and hard. You know, whether you know, have we done the right thing? You know, should we shorten it? I think you might find there might be a change next year.
4: Mm. Now, guys, uh, one of the reasons why there is a, a, a delay on the calendar, the rumour certainly is that we're going to go to Singapore for a non-championship race. Now, that's another never ever that Tony said to uh, Neville and I, Alan Edwards and myself and in a meeting we had. He said we'd never ever take a non-championship race overseas because they want the real deal. Interesting, Luke, because uh, all the rumour is that we are going to take a non-championship race overseas.
1: And what's the time of year? You're talking as a, uh, a support event to the Singapore Formula One Grand Prix or are you talking about on the still-to-be-built Changi permanent circuit?
4: And, well, the rumour is, of course, the Singapore uh, racetrack, but that was a never-ever as well, Gordo. We'll never race at the Grand Prix track. We're going to race at the purpose-built circuit.
2: No, it's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be uh, as a support act to the Grand Prix, uh, you know, on the, on, the, uh, on the street circuit there under lights. Uh, look, I, I don't know much about it, to, to be honest. I'm a little bit out of touch with, with that side of things. But, uh, you know, I mean, look at it, you know, th- th- there's, there's got to be an ulterior motive. I mean, it doesn't make sense to go there just for, you know, all that way for a non-championship round where... You know, we, we struggle to come to grips with having a non-championship round in Melbourne, for Christ's sake.
4: Mm. It, it, it begs the question, is it worth the time and the money to do it? But to the teams, Luke, they're going to get paid to go over there. So really, for them, it's a more profitable race.
1: Well, if it is the Grand Prix, then you've really got the heavy hitters of the financial industry and major Asian corporations who attend that race. So that would be a massive benefit to try and plug into that as an extra source of income. Uh, so that's, that's probably, you know, off the top of my head, the, the major benefit in addition to the sanction fee to, to get the V8 supercars over to such event if the rumours are true.
4: Mm. Well, guys, we have Helio Nevis coming to the Gold Coast, Grand, uh, the Gold Coast, what is it this week? Um, Royal 600 International Driver Enduro i might have thrown a few extra words in there gordo
2: yeah no i think i think you got the name of the race right in the end um look yeah it's um yeah i, I don't think hhf is uh, is any great loss to tell you the truth you know um you know helio coming in three-time indy 500 winner you know um i, I he's he, you know he's a colorful character um, let we better send out a warning to some of the track marshals that, that he's coming because he doesn't mind the odd uh, dust-up uh, as we saw a few weeks ago. But uh, look, you know, I think, uh, it, you know, a genuinely valid, terrific driver, you know, top top shelf and, um, you know, it sort of, it, it fits like a glove with, with the way the event's shaping up.
4: Mm-hmm. Look- he's
1: probably the biggest name in world motorsport outside of Formula One, isn't he? Given that he's two-time Indy 500 champ and that, uh, well, <laughs> he came to prominence also for uh, less savoury reasons that he has been cleared of and that was, uh, he was uh, shackled on the basis of uh, allegations of tax evasion that he's been cleared of. The other thing is that with, as Martin Brundle used to call him, Harry Hines-Frenson, with his um, uh, retirement and no show, for the Gold Coast event, it, that's he was the last of the uh, the non-drivers, the non-regular drivers. So when the event was uh, was announced, it was Christian Fittipaldi from Brazil. There was uh, Harry Hines, and there was also Mark Blundell. Well, those three blokes are now have pulled out and have been replaced by uh, full-time racers. So I think it's a win for the race teams. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit concerned, I know, about having some of these uh, underdone drivers. You know, highly distinguished and credentialed drivers but haven't really done anything for a long time. Mm. So now we have uh, Helio in and he's up to his teeth in the... IndyCar battle at the moment, so he'll be nice and fresh and he's, he's a good little move, a good little gain
4: for the series. Obviously he's not sick of racing against Australians for a little while and of course profile-wise for this event into North America you couldn't do better because... Uh Most people probably don't realise this because it's not to do with his driving, but he was the winner of the American Dancing with the Stars program and uh, that was something like one of the top five network television programs two years ago when he won it. So uh, his profile is just through the roof. That's probably what caught the ire of the tax man as well, which uh, is what you alluded to, and I I bet you the ATO is uh, going to watch how much prize money he might pick up at this event. (laughs) Guys, Gas and Go time. Gas and Go is brought to you by the Forex Gold V8 Supercar Survey, and uh, Luke, I know we can catch up with uh, all your thoughts there, but I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to put your... Opinions to the test here Because we're taking our questions for Gas and Go this week Out of the V8 Supercar survey As we've done for the last few weeks And we're looking at future aspects of the sport In your opinion How much do you strongly agree Or strongly disagree With the following changes in the sport If it could make it more exciting For the fans Luke, modifying the cars To improve overtaking opportunities
1: Strongly agree
4: Got it
2: Absolutely,
4: 100%. Traditional circuits, Gordo, should they not be taken off the calendar to make way for street circuits?
2: Yep, absolutely, they should be left on the calendar. Luke? Exactly right, and uh, they
1: should be themed up with special themes.
4: Modifying circuit designs, should those circuits be, uh, be changed, or should any circuit be changed to increase the overtaking opportunity in races, Luke?
1: Indeed, they should, and it shouldn't be the drivers that do it because they'll muck it up. Because what makes a good driving circuit doesn't necessarily make for a good spectating circuit.
4: Gordon?
2: Yeah, in cases where it needs it, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, if there's if there's a circuit that um, you know is uh, you know over you know not um, savvy to overtaking, well, you know, therefore it should be done. But uh, then again. Where are the funds going to come from?
4: As Tony said, there's no sacred cows in VAT supercar racing, but I bet you the fans would be saying, hands off, Bathurst. Gordo, should we place less emphasis on driver aids and more on driver skill?
2: Mm, interesting question. The way the category's gone, um, you know, it's, it's gone, you know, techno overload, really, even though we've got the the old, um, you know, push rod engines, but everything else is just, you know, highly electronic tech. You know, technologically advanced um, So, you know, do we start dumbing everything down again? Yeah, vexed question my, my, you know, my sort of uh, inkling is
1: Perhaps we should
4: OK, so you agree Luke?
1: Yeah, I think we should Because, you know, all these sexy gadgets The punters really don't get to see them it's, uh, They're nice, it is Good for the teams to play with Like telemetry, for instance but there's an overemphasis on it. Simplify it, please.
4: Mm. And finally, on Gas and Go, brought to you by the 4X Gold v Supercar Survey, teams, should they be allowed to spend more on making their cars go faster? Luke?
1: No, because that's the whole thing about car of the future is um, control componentry and, and making them more similar and uh, also just tweaking them so we get those, uh, they're more likely to pass. That's the promise anyway.
4: Gordon?
2: Ah, uh, it's you know. I mean, the question's got um, so many, so many different avenues you can go down, hasn't it? You know, um, look, uh, you know, personally, um, you know, if I was a cashed-up team owner, I'd you know, I, I'd want it. You know, I'd want to pour everything at it. If I've got the resources, I'd pour everything at it to make it go faster. But you know, obviously, there's there's 28 other guys, you know, up and down pit lane who probably aren't as cashed up, so. You know, where's the fairness? So, And how do you if, if you do put a cap on it, how do you police it?
4: Mm.
2: So I don't think there is any right or wrong answer.
4: Well, that's gas and go for another week. And, guys, because of the extended white flag lap with Jason Bright, I think we've got a, a penultimate lap and a white flag lap on this week's show. I want to thank you for your time uh, this week and look forward to uh, catching up with you very soon down there at Phillip Island when we uh, recommence the 2010 season. Jason Bright joins us for this extended White Flag
5: Lab. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask
3: a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au.
4: Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Jason Bright joins us on the line here. And, uh, Jason, how is your first year back as just having to concentrate on driver duties with the uh, trading post-racing team?
0: Uh, it's, it's all going okay. It's um, you know, it's always a bit of a change when you change teams. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm working with an engineer that I've worked with before and had some success with. So, you know, we've sort of been able to shortcut a lot of the things. And I, I think that our results are starting to... To show that we are getting on top of things but you know, it's, it's been a been a good year i, I said at the start of the year that i think we've got all the ingredients we need it's just going to take a while to to make it all work um but you know i i firmly believe that towns will certainly start to show that you know we're, we're um, on top of qualifying now which is the one thing that had been holding us back at the last couple of rounds
4: now with the changes that you have made over the last few years and uh, Progressing now to a Brad Jones Racing car with uh, all the sort of intricacies that you have to deal with in VRT supercars, particularly when you're you're jumping around a bit. How much longer does it take to get the pieces to fit? And knowing that you've got Phil there, obviously that's one big piece that uh, you've got to fit with. But um, you know all those other little bits that make up the tenths that we're talking about.
0: Well, I mean, they uh, you know like I said, I think that we're a fair way down the road with um you know with, with where we need to be i think that you know the the other small little things are, are just going to come from fine-tuning what we've uh you know the direction that we've gone um you know i i think at at townsville and, and the last couple of rounds you know our race pace has been um as good as anyone's and uh you know it, it's just a matter of being able to qualify a little bit better or, or get the race set up just a fraction better that you know, that'll make the difference between us getting a, a, a podium or not. And, um, you know, I, I think that the new car that we've got for Phillip Island will be the next step in that direction for us. You know, we, we'll be able to get the weights a little bit better and, and uh, you know, all of those little things add up to, you know, a, a tenth here and, you know, a couple of hundreds there. And, and, you know, that's pretty much all we've needed the last couple of rounds to for it to make a difference. So, you know, I'm... I'm Pretty happy with where we're at you know I, I think that it's come together quicker than than what I um, expected even at the start of the year you know it, 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 last year it took till you know till the last few rounds for it to to actually really come good and and you know this year I think that you know we're we're you know well on the way to um you know, getting a good result of the next couple and finishing the off the year really strong and going into next year as a championship
3: contender, which has always been the aim.
4: Plenty more from Jason after the break. This is an extended white flag lap. We hope you'll stay with us.
3: Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders.
0: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
4: We continue our interview now with Jason Bright as this white flag lap continues. They've made a decision, and uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on it, to allow wild cards into the V8 supercars. Last week on uh, V8 Insiders, Mark Fogarty said, who would be a driver that would be worthwhile bringing into the series as a wild card and outside of marcus ambrose we we struggled for names that would put bums on seats at racetracks or get people to turn on the telly in australia
0: oh, I, I i disagree with that i think that it's a i don't think it's the the right way to go but um yeah you know, we'll, we'll wait and see i mean there, there'll certainly be times when when we can uh you know bring a different driver into the series and uh, whether whether it puts bums on seats or not or just raises the profile of the series internationally, who knows? Uh, I think I can see some benefits but I, I you know, as a as a franchise owner I think that, you know, devalues the franchises a little bit by uh, by doing that because, you know, if if, if uh, teams had to find a way to make it happen, um, with the number of franchises we've got, you know, it, it, I think it would be better. But you know, I'll, I'm happy to uh, see some of the proposals that come forward, and and uh, hopefully it will be a benefit for the sport overall.
4: All right, can I play devil's advocate? If you can put your team owner hat back on, your team is leading the championship. It's in a tight fight with uh, with another team. Three months out, do you make the decision to? look for a high-profile driver who might be able to get his car in between yours and your opponents
0: if the rules are there and, and uh, there's an opportunity to do that then you would certainly consider it but you know the chances of someone walking into the series um, from another series and being that competitive from for, for, for one race meeting would be pretty slim yeah you know, I I'd be very surprised if, if uh, you know, if if there's anyone that could could jump in and and realise that sort of potential straight away, but right. you know, you never know. Um, I I think if the if the rule's there, you'll see people trying to do it, um, and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out.
4: Do you think we'd see someone try and use it this year? Um, it's a pretty close battle at the front of the field, isn't
0: it? Oh, it it's certainly a close battle at the moment. Whether, whether someone uses it or not, um, you know, I. Like I said, I look forward to seeing the proposals and and uh, and you know the, the drivers that are being put up. I mean, if, if um, you know, if, if for instance, Scapey's name was put up by Triple Eight to do the Homebush race, um, that would be pretty disappointing. <laughs> um, for, on on a, you know, not not because I don't want to see Scapys out there. You know, I, I still firmly believe that he retired too early, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think if they're if they're using it for that reason, and 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 as a you know and, and with a driver that has been out there before, I don't really think that's the point of what a wild card should be.
4: Hmm. And I can see the merit of having Scaphi out on the track that he designed, and I could see why he'd want to do it. But yeah, I guess if Triple Eight come out with it now, after I've posed that question to you, everyone's going to be suspicious. Well,
0: you know, I, like I said, I, you you have to. I don't know. I, I don't think that that is where a wild card should be used. I mean, if I think if the teams are using it um, for a monetary benefit, I think I think that's wrong in itself. You know, I think that if a, if uh, you know if there's teams that are using it just to put a driver on on the track for one weekend and and make a make a lump out a lump of cash out of it, I, I you know I think that that should have you know that's why we have only got. Limited number of franchises is so that so that you know the franchise is worth something. It does cost something to to be out there.
4: Hmm. Obviously, if someone puts up the money and says Jensen Button's going to drive the car, no one's going to bat an eyelid, and everyone's going to say it's a great thing.
0: Definitely not. I I you know, I, I, I think that the team that, run, that runs them should should get a, a bit of incentive to do it. But you know I, I still reckon that you know. I don't know. I mean, we'll wait. We'll wait and see what happens. If um, you know, if, if it's if it's being run properly, then I, I can see benefits for the series. Mm. Um, I just you know, I just don't want to see silly proposals getting up and you know making a mockery of, of uh, the franchise system that we've got.
4: Okay. Now, uh, have you had many test days, Sorry, not test days. Ride days in this off season.
0: Uh we did. We did a day at Eastern Creek uh, about two weeks ago. Just. Uh, you know, but you know, because we're building the new car for for Phillip Island, um, you know, it was, that's been the the priority.
4: Mm. What have you thought about the number of ride days we've seen over this break?
0: Um, yeah, you know, I I think it's a you know it's certainly a good time to be able to do the rides. Um, you know, to to be able to fit it in. You know, like I said, the after Homebush it does get extremely busy. We've got a ride day after Homebush, which means. You know, you've still got the cars, you know, all together and you haven't started preparing them for the next year, um, you know, until a week before Christmas and that's, you know, that's not ideal. Um, so it is a good time to, to be able to do rides. Um, you know, I, I, it's one of the benefits of having the break in the middle of the year for sure.
4: Is, is it potentially being used to allow some uh, endurance drivers to have a few more laps than what would possibly be the case?
0: No doubt about that. I think where there's where there's a bigger loophole in the rules at the moment is driver evaluation days. Um, you know, seeing the same drivers going and doing driver evaluation days for the same team three years in a row is uh, is you know, a, a joke as far as I'm concerned. And you know why would they have already signed drivers if uh, if they're still evaluating them? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I think there's a. There's a major loop because they're allowed to change the cars on those days You know, I think ride days as long as they're not just Fudging it and putting team members and friends through day after day and, and they're taking Sponsors and people who haven't been for a ride before I think that's a you know that, that, That's all a positive for V8 Supercars, but the driver evaluation days, you know, I've seen I've seen the same drivers be evaluated a couple of years in a row <laughs> and still driving for the same team. That's that's not on, I reckon.
4: My thanks there to Jason Bright, also to Luke West and Gordon Lomas, as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
3: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.